following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, December 11th, 2020, season 16, episode number 78. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, Cowboys Break, presented by Geico. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Bengals. That happens this Sunday. It is a noon kickoff. Um, and it'll be an interesting, it'll be an interesting uh, game for the Cowboys just to see how they respond to this. And we'll talk about it a little later in the show, going from a Tuesday night road game to a Sunday noon road game. It's really a short turnaround. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But we got to start first with some injuries. we got a lot of stuff to talk about in injuries. Let's start first with the secondary. Um, what do we know at this point about Anthony Brown and Donovan Wilson, two guys that have been on the injury report We've been kind of monitoring them this week. Uh, what do we know at this point about maybe their status going into Sunday's game, Dave? That it doesn't seem great, particularly with Donovan Wilson. You know, he hasn't practiced. Mike McCarthy said if he does anything today, it's probably not going to be a whole lot. You think about the fact that this is a very abbreviated week. You know, Mike even, he mentioned like this is, it's an unprecedented short week because you you just don't see very many Tuesday games with Sunday, period, and then with a Sunday turnaround. So it just doesn't seem overly optimistic that those two guys are going to be available, Um, particularly Donovan. We'll see with Anthony Brown, but I would, I just probably lean no on both of them at this point. Yesterday, the Cowboys add Cheeto Beowuzie to their reserve COVID list. Uh, what do we know about that? Because it, it, when you when he first at when he was first added, my first thought was, if you were a person that was just maybe exposed, that's five days. If you actually have COVID, that's longer. So it didn't seem like there was a possibility. But Mike McCarthy seemed a little noncommittal on what the status was. What do you guys? <laughs> what do you guys know at this point about what's going to happen with uh, Cheetos? This weekend? A little noncommittal about the con about the COVID nineteen stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what the Cowboys have been this year. Mm. Yeah, um, I can give you the Cowboys' official statement on Cheeto. Okay. What is it? Quiet. That was that was what they said about okay. Cheeto right. yesterday. Um, it's frustrating because there's different levels of this. You know what I mean? If somebody were to say, hey, so-and-so's in the hospital, your, your next question is, for what? I mean, and, and you don't know. You don't know if this is if this is going to be a couple days. I mean, so, I, again, and maybe Jerry, Stephen, McCarthy, everybody talks today. haven't got a chance to listen to all that. I don't – has anybody said why did Jerry – I don't think Jerry said that, why, uh, what, what Cheeto's status is on that. So he's not playing this game. But, you know, does he come back next week? I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's, that's just the frustrating part of it is your top cornerback is out and, no, and you don't really know the status of, of for how long. Yeah, I'm not trying to throw shade on – yeah, I'm not trying to throw shade on any of my fellow reporters because I guess, you know, I could have asked the question too. But I was a little surprised, you know, Mike's press conference went for 15 or 20 minutes and nobody asked about Cheeto until we were like seven or eight minutes in. I was like – that's not the leading topic that arguably the best cornerback on the team is out on the COVID list. And yeah, and you know, 
the Cowboys might not be the worst team when it comes to communicating what's going on with COVID-related stuff, but they definitely don't enjoy getting out in front of it, that's for sure. So um, you're just left to kind of piece together the details for yourself. So he's not going to be available Sunday, so have fun with that, considering that Anthony Brown is also hurt. Um, other than that, it's hard to really say. So walk me through what happens at this point from the standpoint of on-field. If you don't have Cheeto and you don't have Diggs and sounds like there's a good possibility you might not have Brown, like who's left? What do you have that you can roll out there, especially thinking about the fact that they run a lot of nickel? What do they do at this point? You know, I'm a little confused on the whole Anthony Anthony Brown situation because I feel like usually we have a better idea uh, as far as timeline and when guys are supposed to come back. But I feel like Anthony Brown, we've been expecting him to come back for like three weeks now or, or so. It's like every week we think he might play in this game and that he doesn't. And then he goes back into another week. And I know that, that, again, Mike McCarthy, he doesn't like talking very much about like really getting into details as far as injuries and all that. But do you guys, and I guess Nick, maybe you, because you're closer to the team, have you heard anything else as far as what's really going on with his situation? No, I, I really haven't because uh, I, it's not like it's impossible to have the same injury, you know, later on. I mean, Frank Romo had two broken collarbones in one year. I mean, it, it happened, and they're probably related. Yeah. So I would just imagine that this rib injury is related to the one he had earlier or you know, may, maybe not you know, quite healed all the way, whatever. So, um, But, no, I don't know. I don't know specifically if he's going to practice or not. I mean, I know it's – that doesn't seem like a, a, an injury that would be easy to run. You yeah, know? <laughs> it wouldn't be easy to breathe, let alone your run. breath yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, this has just been – this has just been 2020 in a nutshell. It's just it's not one injury to the position. It's two or three or four. And you know, I, I offensive tackle, cornerback, and quarterback. It's just been one thing after another for that. And 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 this is the worst year to have it happen because you can't go get players like you normally would. And, and the the pool of players is a lot uh, less than it is normally. And you just can't go get them. And so. It's just—it's really been tough. You're getting these guys off the practice squad that are playing in NFL games. That if it wasn't for this situation, they would not be in the NFL. Yeah. They'd be in the XFL probably, and then, and they're having to play for you in, in a game that matters. So, Dave, what do they do right now with these three guys potentially out? What, what are they? Who are the bodies? Just give me bodies, names that you can actually throw out there to play this game. That's what they have is bodies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like. I've, have you ever? I'm sure you've seen it. Have Have you seen Jurassic Park, or do you have a good remember remember a memory of Jurassic Park? No, I've never seen it. Sorry, I've never seen the movie. No, oh, really? No. Oh. All right. What? Well, you ruined you ruined we my joke. But there's old people I'm on the sorry. show and the young people I, on the show. I, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. No, it, ah, no, 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 hey, no, Jurassic no. Park came out in like 1993. No, so I ain't it, trying I to hear that. I was hey. busy in college. I didn't have time to hey, see Jurassic Park. I worked Park. at a movie. At, mm. like a I was too cool to place. see the biggest movie in the world. Dave, go ahead and make your analogy because most people will probably know. Get it. It's not an analogy. Everybody's got four or five movies that they should see. They haven't. Hoosiers is one for me. Godfather, Braveheart. That's fair. You've not seen. No, I haven't. I've not seen Braveheart. Takes six hours. No thanks. (laughs) You think I could get through Braveheart? I can't get through this show without messing up Dave's point. point. Good point, Dave. Finish your point. 
I didn't I didn't mean to turn this into a movie podcast, but there's a part in Jurassic Park where Samuel L. Jackson says, "Hold on to your butts," and that's what I think about when I think about what they're going to have to play at cornerback. Um, I mean. I didn't even well, know y'all are the ones movie. that took it off the rails. We certainly did. Y'all are the ones that took it off the rails. If y'all had just seen Dave. one of the biggest movies ever, Dave, what do you think about the? What, what do they need to do at the cornerback position? What would you do? Hold on to your butts. Oh, that's good. I think that's in a movie. Uh, I mean, you got you got Deontay, you got Deontay Burton, you got you obviously got Jordan Lewis. You got Richard Robinson, go Tigers, and uh, and then you could probably sign Savion Smith back to the active roster. Although, I feel like he's done that so many times at this point in the season that you that would probably have to be a permanent change. Like I don't I don't think they can elevate him and move him back anymore. Do so, it. Do uh, it. My next question it's a whole, is. It's, Sorry, but yeah. my next question is about that. I would do a permanent move because I'd ask you this. I'll just be the host for a second. Go ahead, sure. Is Cheeto Awuzie going to play another game for the Dallas Cowboys? Why not? I would you, guess no. So. I think it's a fair question. You do? Okay. Your answer is yes. I think I it's a fair question, so, yeah. too. Cause I guess so. Well, we, I mean, how... Yeah, I don't know. That, How can okay. you answer that? Like, don't, we don't know the yeah. severity of his situation. Um, excuse me, guys. What if they make it into the playoffs? You're, you're going to need him to play. Oh, we really can you see Amber, can you see my face? I, I see do see the your face, face I'm making? Hey, okay. 2020 is a crazy year. You just never know. You just never know. I mean, I would lean toward thinking that he will. I, th- I lean toward thinking that he will because even if he has COVID, he could still be back by right. the end of the year. And <laughs> he's what? the guy that said all the way back in August that it's a contract year. So he needs tape. He desperately needs tape, man. Uh, I feel bad uh, for Cheeto. Because, I mean, whether needs- injuries, whether COVID. Okay. Yeah, he does. I mean, yeah. I don't, he needs to prove he, to somebody that he's worth a contract. He, uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Does he think that way? He should. Well, did he though? Honestly, he did should. What <laughs> did he? Did he come back in an, on a decent time with that hamstring injury? Well, but uh, here's the deal. I, I, I don't think it's fair for us to say that he could have come back sooner. Only he knows that, and only the athletic okay. trainers know that. Like. That's not something. Now, maybe you've talked to people that have yeah. that have said things that make you think that, but I haven't talked to anybody. I can't say I, that he should have been back earlier than he was. And I know, I know, you don't rush players back from injury. I mean, you 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 don't rush them back. But I, I just think that, um, yeah, th- there was there was. I think there were some questions there. There were some questions about him getting back, getting healthy. That's why I wonder about this. I wonder if he's going to yeah. be if he's good. Well, again, we don't know the severity of what the COVID-19 situation is. I will say this, though. Let's assume for a second that he has COVID, okay. right? I don't think it's the same thing as my hamstring still hurts. You're either still, like, you still got COVID or you don't, right? Like, I don't think yeah. it's a, I can still say I got COVID when I really don't because I don't really want to go play. I don't I don't know if it works well, like you that. You could. Could you? Could, anybody could. I'm not talking about football players. I'm talking about anybody. Well, there's a test that says. Yeah, but if you say, oh, "Man, my throat hurts. I've been coughing a lot," and they probably yeah. tell you to come in. Don't come in. Good point. So Good point. I'm just. I'm not saying he's going to do all that. I just don't think he's going to play again. I, I'll, I'll be surprised if he plays I, another. I just don't. Game. I don't think so. I think. And he's I think he'll be back. I think he will play, and I, I think he'll play some more this year. And quite frankly, I agree with Dave. He needs to play. He does. I agree. If, with you. if he wants to play in the NFL next year. 
And not to say, honestly, I don't know that he's going to do a ton in, in two games. Let's say, let's assume, worst case scenario, yeah. when he's back to play the final two games. I don't know if he's going to do enough in two games yeah. that's going to change the whole dynamic of whether somebody's willing to give him a big contract or not, right? That story's <laughs> already written. Uh, but I do think yeah. it could help, right? If he could come back and have good performances, then I do think it could like, help um, in his free agency. Like if he shuts down Jalen Rager and, and the Eagles, or, you know? Hey, you know, you never know. I never mean, it, know. I just think, honestly think that, that this is well, a situation he where he back. needs to play. He needs to play. All right, real quick, before we go to our first break, I did want to get some updates on a couple other people. Zeke Elliott was limited with an industry to injury to his hamstring, I think it is, no, calf, calf. And then we had Alden Smith, who was limited, and Tyler Biotis returned to practice. Obviously not going to play this week, but catch me up on those guys, particularly Zeke, and and whether he's going to be available this weekend. Zeke sounds like he, he wants to play. I mean, it sounds like he's going to play yeah this is just something that they're they're trying to manage uh we'll see what happens on sunday but i i'm i'm guessing that would and you know we'll, we'll see about saturday because i would imagine if he's not going to play we'll see uh one of those we'll see the tcu running back that's a rookie say whoa something say whoa what's his last name alana lua good alana lua good job dave they will bring him up from that's the practice that's my guy so why? You've never met him before, but that's your guy. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a 6'3", 240-pound fullback running back who can go to the house from 50 yards out, I just, you know, it's fun. He's a fun player. Uh, I haven't gotten to see a whole lot of him because we didn't have a preseason, but that's okay. Yeah, I like that. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our first break. When we come back from break, we are going to join. Uh, we're going to be joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. 
You need to find out what AT&T Starview is all about. Available in stadium and for home use. Download the Dallas Cowboys mobile app and look for Starview under the Stadium tab. Presented by AT&T 5G. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break. Presented by Geico. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. It is now time for us to bring on Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Presented by Texaco with Techron. Bucky, welcome to the show, man. Let's start with... a question that typically I ask you because we just want to give fans a, an idea but I legitimately need to know more about this defense because I have no idea who they are and what they are tell us the greatest strength the greatest weakness of this Cincinnati Bengals defense I would say the greatest strength is their willingness to do unconventional things in terms of bring pressure from all over it's a team that doesn't have a lot of A-level talent um, all around their best players have been okay when it comes to the production but up front you're talking about sam hubbard you're talking about carl lawson you're talking about those guys kind of getting it done in the back end jesse bates is a safety has three interceptions um and then it's just kind of a hodgepodge and a collection of guys uh to their credit they do play hard they have played better in recent weeks the last three opponents they've held to 20 points or fewer and so it's a team that is dangerous because of their willingness to bring pressure from all over. They'll line up and bring zero pressures and those things, and they play hard. And that always will give you a chance. Bucky, I would like to know more about the, the D-line and, and what they got going on there. I think that we did see a good game from the Cowboys O-line last week, and I'm just really curious what that's going to look like and what they currently have there as far as like the ability to create some pressure and get to the quarterback. Well, they had the fewest sacks in the National Football League. They only have 13 sacks in 12 games. So you're talking about one, a little over one a game. Uh, they haven't really been able to generate pressure. And so because of that, they've had to add extra rushes into the blitz. We, we talk about a get right game and those things like this is one where you should have an opportunity to get right because there's not a, a five-star talent on the other side that can um, completely disrupt and destroy the game as a one-man wrecking crew. Bucky, when you said Lawson, Hubbard, and Bates, and then there's some other just guys, that that one kind of catch me by surprise because I, I had never heard of, honestly, I never heard of any of those three players. Like Not Lawson? Did he, play for the 40, <laughs> did he play for the 49ers? No? I think no, 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 no. I haven't okay. ever heard of and, no, and, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay no, with that. So, but, yeah, no, Carl. Carl who's Carl Lawson? <laughs> Tell me more about him. That's my question. Carl Lawson. Who's Carl Lawson? Yeah Carl, yeah, Carl Lawson coming out of Auburn was a guy that was a highly decorated recruit um, that, look, they drafted. He's been a hardworking player. He's a guy who certainly has some snap off the ball. Um, he has strong hands. He has the ability to get to the quarterback. He has four and a half sacks. Uh, Sam Hubbard played at Ohio State. Um, he was someone I really liked in the draft process. I thought he was very, very versatile. Um, he has length. He has athleticism. For whatever reason, in this scheme, he, he hasn't been able to get it done. He's had more productive years early in his career. Uh, Jesse Bates, uh, safety from Wake Forest, is instinctive and aware. Um, he was a really good player in college. But, you know, sometimes, man, we play for a losing team. It's a bit of a black hole. And I think some of those players, even Von Bell, who has come over as a free agent, they just kind of get swallowed up in just all of the losing and you don't see them necessarily play at a high level or to the level that you thought they would play at when you evaluated them coming out of college. I 
will I'll say this, Buck. I I mean I'm I I loved Jesse Bates when we you know when he was a draft prospect on the draft show coming out of Wake Forest, and it's seen. I, I I've barely watched the Bengals this year. Obviously, they're a bad team. Joe Burrow's not playing anymore, but. You know he's 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 going to finish with more than a hundred tackles. He's got three interceptions. It seems like he's got a decent shot at the Pro Bowl. I mean, are those are those numbers hollow, or is he actually having a pretty good season? I mean, what what type of safety has he been for them this year? Because statistically, it looks like he's having a bit of a breakthrough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a combination. Uh, the defense hasn't played well, so he has been forced to make a lot of tackles. But he has made plays on the ball, and that was his thing when he was coming out of Wake Forest. Very instinctive. Uh, really good awareness and anticipation and I think those things have played out he's now playing alongside Von Bell Von Bell is a guy who played at New Orleans for a long time played at a big program Ohio State um, has some physicality and toughness and so their safeties can certainly come down and, and be factors but I think on the scale um, this is not one of the more talented defenses that the Cowboys have faced but I will say they do play with great effort and energy and because they've seen the things that the Cowboys have put on tape, they certainly will be inspired because they probably feel like they can walk away with a win. Bucky, uh, how do you assess this Dallas offensive line in the game versus Baltimore? And particularly, I want to know about Steele and Knight. Uh, do you think that they're getting better, or, or was it just kind of more, more the same, or was it just a situation where uh, just the, the way that they schematically did it, it didn't expose them? Uh, I think combination factors. I think they have gotten better. I think the more that you play, it's more likely for you to improve. And I think those guys, especially being young, they have improved. I think from a play calling standpoint, they did a good job of protecting them. We didn't see these long, drawn-out routes uh, when the Cowboys elected to pass. It was quick rhythm. The ball was out uh, in a hurry. And so you didn't really expose Andy Dalton to, to big hits. And then I think leaning into the running game. For most linemen, it's a lot easier going forward than going backwards. And so by leaning into the run and running the football, they're able to get some confidence. They're able to move people down. It makes the defense tired, and so it worked in their favor. So this week was very, very solid. I don't think you saw any leaks in protection until late in the game when I felt like the hope and stuff was, was lost, where they felt like, hey, it's over, and those things happen. Yep. We know that um, the Cowboys sometimes have a tendency of making mistakes, not because of the opponent, but more because of their own doing. And you talked about this defense uh, at least having a lot of energy and making an effort when on the field. So my question is in regards to if the Cowboys, whether it's a fumble or a bat throw or anything like that, is this de defense capable of taking advantage, advantage of opportunities like that and creating plays? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a defense that hasn't played well. But, yeah, if you're careless with the ball, if you're not on your game, uh, they certainly can turn you over. Uh, I think the big thing for the Cowboys, and it's been an emphasis that we've talked about since the beginning of the year, before you can win games, you have to learn how not to lose them. And so whether it's the penalties, the negative plays, the turnovers, all of those things that are controllable, they have to control those things. And so I think the point of emphasis from Mike McCarthy to the team has to be, hey, let's just let's just do what we do. Let's let's be really fine and pay attention to the details. Let's take care of the ball. Let's not give them anything cheap. And let's see if they can beat us by having to sustain drives and not getting short fields or benefiting from anything silly that may happen in the kicking game. Bucky, this offense has had so many injuries, obviously. And, and when you think to maybe next year. I mean, there's a silver lining to the injuries is that you're having to play these young guys and maybe they'll get better. 
Who would you say has benefited the most this year? Um, Terrence Steele, Brandon Knight, or Dalton Schultz? Mm, that's a good one. I think Dalton Schultz has certainly benefited because the ball is headed in his direction a little bit. And I think initially maybe he was pegged as being a, a blocker or uh, a marginal option at the tight end spot. And I think we've seen that hey, he can do some things. I would say the offensive tackles, they benefit but I don't know if they benefit enough that when you're sitting in the draft room and there's someone that's sitting at the top of the board that you bypass them because you feel good about Knight and Steel. Mm-hmm. I think for Schultz, I think you could probably talk yourself into bypassing maybe a tight end prospect because you feel like he showed you well enough that if you have Schultz and Blake Jarwin, maybe that is a combination that you like if you want to use some 12 personnel things. It sounds like a tag Based team, on... Back in back in you know old wrestling days, doesn't it sound like it? You know, check out Knight and Steel, Knight and Steel, or a law firm, either one. Yeah, yeah, yeah law firm sounds good. The law firm of Knight and Steel. The law firm of Knight and Steel, or like the Road Warriors, Knight and Steel, Hawk. With all due respect to those guys, you got to play better before you get a nickname like that. Good but point. That's, that's fair. Fair. Um, Buck, based on based on the scouting report you gave us, I mean, so. These guys don't they don't get a ton of pressure and the secondary mm-hmm. isn't terribly impressive like might might this be another opportunity for Andy Dalton to show that he is still capable of slinging it around. I mean he he kind of did that against Baltimore but this is an I mean this is a much less talented defense and I love the idea of Andy Dalton getting to throw for 3 or so 100 yards against his old team is that is that doable? Man, I don't know cuz I get worried because they drop back and he throws <laughs> <laughs> 35 to 40 times. I just I just get nervous. I, I just would like to see him win the game. And so if you can get him to, I say 35 is probably where I would max out at. 35 or fewer, I think, is the right pitch count because the more that you throw, the more it takes away from Zeke and Tony Pollard. And I think it's really important for Kellen Moore, if he can realize that, you know, the game running pretty good when it goes through the running backs and then those other guys are compliments. But, yeah, this is a week where Andy Dalton should be able to take care of the ball. I'm sure he's going to be fired up because – at one point, they benched him for Ryan Finley. So I think he'll have his A game. All right, so here's the deal. If you got to give me, I know we've talked about this defense not being great, but if if we come back in here on Monday and the defense had a good game or if the Cowboys lose and the defense, the, the Cincinnati defense, the reason why, give me one player that we would be talking about and saying, here's the reason why Dallas couldn't win this game. Steal a night. <laughs> It, it, I, I wouldn't even talk to the player. If the Cowboys lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, I think everything has to go to the head coach. Mm. Like, I, I, as much as I would talk to the players, if Mike McCarthy can't get this team to play against the Cincinnati Bengals, because in spite of, of all the odds, there's still a potential for this team to go to the playoffs. Like, if they can't realize this opportunity by knowing everybody on our schedule now is beatable, and this is one that should be chalked up. I think this is one that we chalked up at the beginning of the season. It's one that we chalked up last week and those things. If they can't win what is a winnable game, then it has to go on the head coach. I, I can't even put it on a player. I, I would say that Mike McCarthy would have to be culpable for any underachievement that takes place in this game. 
All right, Bucky, man. We appreciate you joining us. We'll have you back next week. We're actually going to probably flip the schedule. We'll get with you on that, but we'll have a little different schedule. No, not next week. That's the week after that. Next week will be on our normal schedule, so we'll have you back on Wednesday to talk about the game uh, going up, coming up next weekend against the San Francisco 49ers. All right, we're going to take our second break. When we come back, we got some uh, questions that I want to run by these guys. Uh, we'll talk about Cowboys versus Bengals. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys next week when they take on the San Francisco 49ers at AT&T Stadium. Limited number of tickets are on sale. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Welcome back. Final segment of the break brought to you by Geico. We're going to uh, get some questions here, talk about the Cowboys versus Cincinnati Bengals. Here's my first question for you guys. And this goes back to the Baltimore game, but how did you guys assess the offensive line? I asked Bucky about this a little earlier. How did you guys assess the offensive line? And particularly, I want to talk about Brandon Knight and uh, Terrence Steele. Let's start first with you, Nick. I thought it was um, okay. You know, it was one of. I mean, at first they looked pretty good and they were able to run the ball and stuff. But you know, you always kind of remember how it goes at the end. And at the end, they couldn't run the, they couldn't get a yard. Yeah, you know, I got people texting me going, "Zeke makes fifteen million a year and he couldn't get a yard." Well, I mean, there's a reason why. I mean, you know, the, the best. I mean, Jerome Bettis not running through a brick, brick wall. He might have. Maybe he, he might have. Say maybe. Yeah, he might have. Maybe. But um, but anyways, I, I just thought at the end, you know, you could tell that they didn't have that. They were kind of overpowered a little bit. I thought they did a decent job. There's a lot of times Andy Dalton just standing around there looking, looking. You know, yeah. I thought that was something we hadn't seen before but at the end they seemed like they kind of got worn uh, down a little bit Amber I thought they did a nice job just in general compared to 
things that we've seen in previous games. I mean, these, this was a game where we, or me personally, I'm just going to speak for myself. When I was watching the game, it wasn't like I was like, oh my God, freaking steal. Here he goes again. What's <laughs> happening? You know, it, it wasn't one of those games. I thought they held up pretty nicely. It wasn't obviously perfect or, oh, oh, wow, they're doing an amazing job or anything, but they just, it's like that band-aid that we talk about sometimes, you know, you want the band-aid to be able to stick and not start peeling off in the middle of the day, and that's what they did. I thought they stuck, there was only one little peel, but then they hit it back down, and <laughs> it stuck throughout the game, I thought. Good. Dave? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I brought it up yesterday. I feel like, you know, I, I grade on a curve. Like, I am, I am the nicest teacher because if you're not... If you're not supposed to be there, like if you're not if you're not a, supposed to be in the lineup, I'm going to be very nice to you. And I thought I thought they played great, all things considered. I mean, they averaged four yards per carry. Zeke was productive on the ground. Dalton only got sacked once. Yannick Ngakwe, Calais Campbell, Pernell McPhee, like these are really good NFL pass rushers and have been for a long time. Jason Garrett. Um, <laughs> And they, I mean, they didn't, they did not wreck that game. They I gave see. up one sack. Andy Dalton had time to find eight receivers. He had his best day as a passer since he's had to come in. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, they didn't win and maybe they did wear down, but you're talking about Brandon Knight, Connor McGovern and Terrence Steele. Uh, so with, I mean, with all of that in mind, I thought they played great. I can't recall a time this year when we've, or since the season has began, that we have talked about Joe Philbin by name, but should we be talking about him? If if this offensive line is playing better, yeah. and, and even against a team where, you, like Dave said, they had a lot of pass rushers on that team, and I know going into game, my expectation was not that they would give up only one sack and that they would be able to be effective, at least in parts of the game, in the running game. Should we be talking more about the job that Joe Philbin is doing with this remade offensive line? Nick? Well, I think you know it's, he's done – He's done a, a good job with, with having to teach these guys. You know, he's been doing a lot more teaching than he thought. He didn't think he'd have to really teach the left tackle. Yeah, when you take this to, job, you're probably thinking, I just got to show him. Yeah, like, I this, gotta, is, this is the yeah. play we're doing, so go do it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you say, Joe, you know, before the season, what, what, what do you got to get done? Not, like, off the record. He's like, I got to get Connor Williams to, to play at the top <laughs> level. Right. Now, it's like, well, Connor Williams is my vet. You know, he's the, he's the veteran guy out there, and, and he's 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 what he is. I got to get these other guys to learn how to play. It's, that's how different and upside down the position has been. Amber, I think uh, it depends. This this a lot has been thrown at him. He's had, I mean, out of anyone else on the team, I think as far as coaching, he has to has deal with the most because of all the injuries and all that. But I'm curious to see. As far as, like, I would assume Mike McCarthy has the final say as far as who makes it into the lineup or what, but I, there are still some of decisions that are very questionable earlier at the season that I'm like, okay, we all on this show talked about it and we all saw it, so how come there were things that they weren't willing to make changes despite of the things that they were seeing week after week? So, to me, that, that that's just very questionable there, but... If we're talking about recent weeks, like after the Sack Martin change, I would say yes, I've seen some improvement there about as far as some of the things he's done. But just in general, there are some things that it makes me wonder how much say does he really have? Or is he just following what Mike McCarthy is saying and saying, okay, these are the guys we need out there. 
all of that. I'm, it makes me just wonder about those conversations and who has, at the end of the day, the more power to figure out who is going to be playing in the lineup. Dave. I am beaming over here, AG. That was just masterful <laughs> like and it. wonderful. That You took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth. Because, I mean, okay, you know, the coaches, the, yeah, Joe Philbin deserves a lot of credit for stabilizing this thing with how bad it's gotten. I mean, you know, with what they're down to, to be playing competently, awesome, well done. But what about September? Like, and, and, and AG's absolutely right. Like, I don't know if it's Joe Philbin's fault or if it was a Mike McCarthy thing, but who decided Terrence Steele was the day one guy and who decided that he needed to be the day one guy for like a month? Like, I mean, Brandon Knight's better than him. He yeah. just, he just is. I don't care what anybody says. And, and, but they didn't think that and they were wrong and they didn't really adjust to it until injuries forced them. What about the Zach Martin saga? You know, fantasy football nonsense. I'll never... I will never let go of that I, because it was wrong and dumb then, and we were right. Um, is that Joe Philbin's fault or Mike McCarthy's? I don't know. But I thought they made a lot of questionable decisions early in the season when they had much better health on the offensive line. And, uh, you know, now that they're down to it, I do think they're doing a good job and they deserve credit for that. But I'm not going to forget the weird things that they were doing earlier. Good stuff. All right. So, how much do you think this odd week for the Cowboys will affect these players? They went from a Tuesday night road game to a Sunday noon road game. It'd be hard enough if you were going to be at home on one of those two, but having to travel for both of them and going from a night to a noon, like just the time period and the travel, how much do you think that affects this team? Let's start first with you, AG. A lot especially after looking at what happened last week. I mean, it, it makes me wonder how bad they're going to look in this game, despite everything that Bucky said about how the Bengals are right now and all that. It's like, okay, last week they had like 10 days to prepare for the game, and to me they looked absolutely unprepared when it got to it, when they got to play against the Ravens. So when you get such a, a short week, it could go either way. It could be... They go on one side where they really kick things up and, you know, you get the adrenaline rushing and all that. But on the other hand, it's like then they could really look bad because clearly, or as of right now, I just don't think they have gotten good use of their time during the week. I'm not there or anything, but just looking from the outside, they didn't take advantage of last week and all the days they had. So it makes me really question about this week and how they're really utilizing this time right now. Dave. I think everything she just said is right. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's like playing on a, it's basically like playing on a Thursday. It's a very similar amount of downtime. Um, so I think everything she just said is right. But I guess if I'm looking for a silver lining, maybe, maybe it helps that like, you, you know, you don't have time to dwell. You just kind of got to dive right back into it. You, it's, it's just like autopilots. Like, okay, I don't have time to be, I don't have time to be embarrassed or getting, get in my feelings about where things are. Like, we just got to go get ready for this. And, uh, you know, so maybe there's almost like a, an autopilot aspect to it where it can help you focus a little bit. Cause you don't have time to do anything else. 
I, I think this might be the first time that you know, you know, Bill Parcells was was famous at kind of doing things to kind of needle the players a little bit, whether put a tank of gas in a guy's locker, see if you have any gas left, or the mouse traps or whatever. Uh, this might be the first thing that we've seen out of Mike McCarthy. You know, where he's it's a short week. Um, you, you're playing a team that isn't very good, just like you, and and, uh, and now you're going to question the effort, or you're going to you, you, when the when the question is asked. You didn't close the book on it. Like he mm. usually protects the players. He mm. didn't say Daryl Worley w- was a bad player at all yeah. when he wasn't, and everyone knew that he wasn't playing well. But he didn't do that. Now he's kind of doing it uh, for this week. So maybe that's his way of kind of because Jalen Smith's talking about it, Zeke's talking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might be a, a way that he's kind of saying, "All right, well, you know, we're, I got to get him in gear. I got to push week. him." Yeah, and that might be the McCarthy way of, of doing it. You kind of have to challenge them, right? Or just challenge them mentally. Like, are you because capable of being? When he was at Green. Yeah. Bay and things were bad, he could say, "Hey, Aaron Rodgers, go make a play." Well, you don't have that right now, yeah. so you, know, you got to figure out a way. And maybe this is this is the way to do it. I mean, I thought Bucky's words were really strong, but accurate. You know, this they don't win this game. Yeah, you know, you, the, the finger pointing starts right there. Well, it doesn't start; it just continues. It's been there. And I know we we talk, you know, Dave, you mentioned that you know it's very similar to playing a Sunday and then a Thursday game. I don't know, and maybe this happens a lot. I, I haven't seen it with the Cowboys where you would go from a night game on one, let's say you played a night game on Sunday, and then you would play on a Thursday, and both of them being road games. I think that's yeah. the part to me that seems like this is so unprecedented well, because teams aren't really asked. Typically, they protect teams a little bit more, and they try to put them earlier, give them a little bit of that extra time, or at least don't make them both road It's games. technically a Friday, though, honestly. It's technically yeah, it's like a, a Friday. Four, basically, it's a four and a half. Yeah. They got four and a half days, basically. And, and again, when you do four and a half days and both of them are road games, that's the part that I think True. really, really is tough for them. And again, nobody's crying for you. This is the NFL. Everybody's going to have things they got to deal with, and so you have to just go out there and play. But I do think it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, and I'm interested to see how they respond to that. I've been crying for them. You've been crying for. I've been crying about it. Like I've been talking about it forever. I think this is this is crap. (laughs) It's crap what they did. You said it since the moment they announced it. Like what are we doing? Well, since the moment they announced, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. This is bad. I don't like this at all. You know, Cowboys have to play on Sunday, and the Ravens have to play. Ravens have to play on Monday. Oh, this is really crap. Like that's when I lost it right there with the Ravens. I found out what the Ravens are doing. Yeah. All right. One more question I have for you guys before we get to our picks. How much of an advantage do you think Andy Dalton has in this game going up against his former team, a team that you would think maybe he knows some of this personnel, some of the things they do uh, rather well? Let's start first with you, Dave. I've always thought that's a little bit overrated, to be honest with you. I mean, a guy that's been in the league as long as Andy Dalton, I would would hope he can – I mean, I would hope that he – can get a really good picture of what a defense is doing just based on a week of film study anyway. And then you think about, you know, this is a young Bengals team that's changed, you know, a lot of things just in the one season since Dalton left. You know, they, they drafted some young linebackers. They've got some young guys playing. So, I mean, you know, this ain't, this ain't Vontez Perfect and uh, Carlos Dunlap. Those guys are gone, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it helps. Like, he, he practiced against a few of these guys, so maybe he knows their ticks and their tells a little bit. But I've always thought that was a little bit overrated. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something, but not just this huge ace up his sleeve, if I had to guess. Yeah, Nick, you made me laugh a little earlier today on the radio show when you mentioned Tequil Spikes. <laughs> I didn't have <laughs> like, I don't know any players that, on I was like, where team. did you get that one? Like, you just pulled that one out I, from I, a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, I don't know any players on, on the Bengals team. And then I tried to, like, do some more, 
And like the, you I, couldn't think of any. Well, other. I thought of one cornerback, and I thought he might be dead, honestly. And I wasn't going to say his name, so I'm like, I don't. You know what? I'm just going to stop. At just leave spikes. it all right there. I, I think Dave's right about that. I think if Tom, if the Buccaneers were playing at the Patriots this year. Tom Brady been in there forever. The systems are very I mean like like he's been around the system forever and it doesn't really change. I think Tom Brady could get a little bit of a benefit there, but like Dave said, I mean there's been so many moving parts there uh, for the for the Bengals that I don't I don't know if you would really do that. I just think his motivation will be there. You know his motivation yeah. seems like it'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with everything they said. It's not like if you were to ask, "Oh, what are some of the advantages that the Cowboys have this week?" That would not be one of them. I would not be talking about, oh, yes, we got Andy Dalton. He played for the Bengals. No. So uh, I just I don't see it as an advantage whatsoever. All right, let's get to our picks. Let's hear what you guys have to say, what you think is going to happen this Sunday at noon when the Cowboys take on the Bengals at AT&T Stadium. Let's start first with Mr. Hellman. What you got? I was really hoping you were going to let me go last today. Uh, all right, well, which no, but that's fine. That's fine. I'll step out. I'll step out on a limb. I'll take. I will take y'all behind the curtain of how I think about these picks because oh in a scary. in a in a vacuum, in a vacuum, I, I think the Cowboys are the better team. Uh, it may. It's perfectly logical that they're a road favorite. I think they should win this game. They should, but. I'm not, and and I don't know what y'all are going to say, so maybe this is pointless, but I am not going to let us unanimously pick the three and nine Cowboys. That is ridiculous. <laughs> a three and nine team that has gotten blown out seven times. You realize they've only, they've only lost by one possession three out of the nine times, and two of those three were when Dak was in the lineup. So with the, ex- with the ex- exception of the Pittsburgh game, They've basically gotten their ass beat in all of their losses. 11 points, 25 points, 22 points, uh, 17 points the other night. So, and I looked this up before the show. The only team with a worse point differential is the Jets, who haven't won yet, by the way. Mm. So, it's utterly insane to think that all four of us should pick the Cowboys to go on the road and beat anybody. So, I, I don't... I don't feel good about picking them to lose, but I just think somebody should. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, it'll probably be an ugly game. Bengals find a way to like kick a field goal to win, like twenty to twenty to seventeen. So I, whatever. I don't know. And and I I don't even really. I think the Cowboys are going to win, but I just can't. I can't let all four of us pick the. Pick we the haven't Cowboys. even picked. Not, I was about to say that's awful presumptuous. And well, that's, will, will you change? That, will what, you change your pick if everybody goes down the line is like Bengals, 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 Bengals? Yeah. If if somebody else if somebody else picks the Bengals, I'll switch to the Cowboys. Sure, absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, hey, Dave, Dave, on yeah. on, uh, on our written form of gut feeling, like. There's already been a Bengals pick. I'll just, I'll just let you know. So. Oh, nice. Okay, Mickey well, maybe Bengals I'll pick again? the Cowboys. What? <laughs> Mickey picked the Bengals again? No. No. Okay. Mickey just conveniently forgets to send me his pick sometimes if huh. he doesn't want to pick, if he doesn't want to. Huh. You know, like if it's like Cowboys at Ravens or Steelers, yeah. like I don't get one from Mickey. I'll <laughs> just, get one. He I'll, just doesn't send No, I don't know. I'll, get, I'll probably get one Curious. this week. All right, All right go Amber, ahead. you're up. Uh... <laughs> Well, I'm just going to say I hope the Cowboys win this weekend. But, you know, when you love someone and they hurt you Mm -mm. and it's just too reason for you to forgive them and it's just like you just can't do it, 
I just can't do it. I just cannot do it right now. So I, I cannot forgive the Cowboys for the pain they've put me through so far. So I'm, I hope they win, but I'm going to have to go with the Bengals winning this game. Um, especially because of the short week. I don't know if I quite trust um, their ability to utilize this time very well and do what they need to do and come in prepared. And regardless of the Bengals being so bad right now, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Uh, I don't know the score. I uh, don't care. Maybe a bad score. I don't know. 17, 15, don't really matter, but... I'm just going to go with the Cowboys losing. And back to you, Dave. All right, so now I pick the Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys win 35-21. Offense looks great. No, I'll I'll stick I'll I'll stick with AG. I don't I don't want her to ride that train alone. All right, Nick, you're up. Uh, I just uh, you know, I've seen I know the Cowboys secondary is going to be really it's going to be bad. Yeah. But Mm-hmm. Who's going to throw the ball to him? If it's Brandon Allen, I mean, I've seen Brandon Allen play every college game of his career, and I never thought he would actually play a, a game on Sunday. And he does, and he's playing, and you know, and we know why. There's been injuries too, so I just don't think the Bengals are going to be that great on offense. I don't think they're that great on defense. I think it's going to be kind of an ugly game. I don't know why. I just feel like it's going to be like rainy and overcast, and just not. Really? Is it? I don't know. I just don't think it's good. I just look at it like, well, Cincinnati. I think the Cowboys will win, though. I do. I think they'll win 26-17. And, you know, I just just think they're better. They're a better team. Zeke doesn't play, though. I really want to change my pick. Nope. But I th- what do you mean? Well, you've picked two. <laughs> I picked this game. If this happens, this. If Derek's like, I'm going to make two picks based yeah. on who might be available. I think everybody here, including Dave, just now. Yes, he just Everybody did. has made two picks. Amber yeah. does it weekly. It does. You've done it. It does. It Y'all now. used to make fun of me. Y'all used to make fun of me, especially Dave. Talk crap about me picking both. Besides, yeah, but look fair. at y'all now. Yeah, see, you. It's led funny the way. when I. Yeah, it's fun when I do it. All right, so here's what we go. Here's. What, I actually think this is going to be a high scoring game. Like I think there's going to be a lot of scoring on both sides because I think the Cowboys secondary will basically. I mean, we saw Tyler Boyd go for 72 last week. Uh, they got some receivers over there, even with a quarterback that's not great. Like if you got receivers that are getting wide open. You can throw. That's the college game. You can throw to a wide-open wide receiver. And so I think this game is going to have some scoring in it. I do think the the Cowboys' offense played pretty well last week against a much better defense. So I think both these offenses are actually going to play pretty well. I think it's going to come down to a very close game. I think the Cowboys get the edge. They win 27-26 in a barn burner. A barn burner for uh, for the ages that we'll all be talking about all next week about how great a game it was. I'm just playing. But the Cowboys will win this game. <laughs> It'll be a high-scoring game. And, uh, and we'll tell you what went right and wrong for the Cowboys on Monday. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!